Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hi everybody. I am David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. And this is Don't Miss This. We are super glad y'all are here. Okay, we have a little bit of explaining to do because we have... Um... <laughs> it sounds like we're in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a confession. <laughs> um, we have like, we have funky dates coming up because general conference. So don't panic everybody. The we're going to walk you through it. We're yeah. going to walk you through what the next two weeks is going to look like. Okay, this comes out on a Monday and you have two, three actually, full yes. weeks before you're mm-hmm. going to talk about Ephesians in church because... They give you two weeks for, for Ephesians lesson. because General Conference is, is in, the in there. So um, it's going to come out now and you'll have all that time to watch it and you've got General Conference right in the middle. So um, next Monday, depending on when you watch this, <laughs> there won't be a video because that will be for the General Conference Sunday. So this is what we're doing in our family. If we were planning for Come Follow Me, this video will come out on Monday. This upcoming Sunday, we will watch the video and have our lesson, but it won't be in church the next week because it will be General Conference, and you're not going to watch a Come Follow Me video because you're going to watch General Conference. And you'll be watching way too much TV <laughs> to do that. And eating a lot Is of Is it good the girl food? one or the boy so. one? Um, oh, boy messes up March Madness. Never mind. We're in the spring. Okay. I always am sad yeah, about that. My <laughs> um, so then the next um, week will be when you learn about Ephesians in church. So it's going to be a little ways from now, and you'll just work around it. But meanwhile, since General Conference is coming, we're going to give you Ephesians and some General Conference tips that we're super excited about. Yeah, and in the newsletter for General Conference week, we'll be a little bit more specific and include all the links that we're going to talk about today. So the first thing that we want to talk about for General Conference is um, this packet that you can get from Deseret Book. You can either download it from their website, that link will be there, or you can actually go in and get one. And there's just lots of cool things in here that we really Pages like. Pages you can color, um, ideas that give you a lot of ideas. You love the, there's a I breakfast. love that they gave you a breakfast idea, everyone. It's so fun. So there's a fun breakfast idea. If you're way into food, we are way into food. At yeah. Conference. Listen, we try to, well, you say what you, well, you're going to talk about that in a second. But let me tell you about this. There's like a, a bingo thing in here, other activities. Of, and you love that the bingo's blank. He's going to tell you why oh, y'all, you love listen, that the bingo is blank. The bingo's blank, blank because you can just put, um, all of the words that you want in there. And we and our family will do this thing where we pick our, everybody gets to pick a word at the beginning of the session. And then they get a little piece of candy if they hear that word. And I do have to tell you the story. If you were here six months ago, I think I told it, but it's just so fun. Because my oldest Jack, um, he was littler at the time, little, littler, littler at the time. And he, um, he wanted the word pizza for <laughs> the session. And I was like, Jack, that is so dumb. Nobody says pizza ever in general conference. Pick Jesus or the. <laughs> or because, temple. Yeah, or something. The, you're gonna... <laughs> that is a terrible word. Well, Nobody that's a lot of candy. Nobody put the on your bingo. <laughs> you get a lot of candy. Um, so he insisted. And I was like, okay, whatever. But I'm just saying you don't get any candy because they're never going to say it. And he was listening to the talk. And I want to say it was Elder Suarez. <laughs> I can't remember. It was a man from Latin America. And he gets up there and he quotes from the book of John. The scripture, the Savior says, peace I leave with you. But in his accent, he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace. <laughs> and Jackson like looks up and he's like, he said it. He said pizza. And I was like, have the whole bowl. He got the whole bowl of candy. He won conference that time. Oh, so so awesome. they're just fun stuff like that to just, you know. Keep. And we love, show this page. This is my favorite page. Um, I love, this is great for if you have younger kids. It's got so many things in there. But I love that it's doing these little notes. Your kids can either draw a picture during that talk of what they want to remember from that talk. Or they might want to work write just one word from that talk. It's just so like not overwhelming for a little person. So I love that um, that's how they've set it up. And one thing I was going to say about it is one thing, you can do whatever you want, obviously, but one of the things that uh, Jenny and I decided in our house was 
Conference weekend is going to be an enjoyable weekend. Mm -hmm. It's something that we're going to look forward to. It's like Christmas. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. And and there, I used to be like a little high strung, if you could imagine, like because I <laughs> would think to myself, like, hey, everybody, I want to listen and sit down and and pay attention and all those things. And I was like, oh, this is not working because they're four years old. And so I was like, let's just enjoy the whole weekend and I can go back and listen and watch on my own. But my goal is let's make that weekend that everybody is happy and fed and mm -hmm. and just, it's a good, good Yep, and we do that same thing. Us. We love, um, we are big, love to write. Um, several times we've gone over and just bought little art books and we'll watercolor during the talks and then write the words that we're not good watercolors. Don't think we're talented over here. We just know how to buy the right kind of paint and put it in the book. <laughs> and um, the, and we'll just paint while we're listening and write words. We wanted to give you a couple other um, ideas too from just friends of ours that we love. So a couple conferences ago, we started this tradition in our family where we do these work and wonder notebooks. You might've seen them. If you wanna look them up, it's work and wonder. My girls at my, and my daughter-in-laws love this book because you go through and you just get to write down um, the speaker, whoever it is, what session it is, and um, there's places to write the questions, promises, and invitations. And then I love this section. It's for promptings and impressions that actually come to you during that talk. It, it may not even be something the person said, but just the promptings and impressions that come. And then memorable quotes that you can just go back and you've got it all um, down in here. So our conference tradition right now, and we love it, the girls in our family love it, is new conference pajamas. And <laughs> everybody gets one of the, everyone gets them. Only moms oh. get them at conference. Just moms, only. Moms get something to write in. Sex is conference. And um, new jammies. I feel and like the boys should relax. get something. Um, now, let me just say this. I'm for you, Josh, Caleb, <laughs> Garrett. I'm, I'm defending you guys. Uh, they get dinner on priesthood session with Greg. <laughs> okay, okay, that's better. All right. Um, the other thing is, if conference for you is chasing kids all around the house, and it is, you just feel like that is what you are doing during conference. I also love Hillary Weeks has a general conference um, journal that is for after conference, which I think is brilliant. And you can just watch a talk at a time and go back and recapture all of conference when you have a little bit more time on your hands and time to think. So these are just some ideas. There are a million ideas out there. We just wanted to share with you some of our favorites. Yeah. And I was going to say, I love one thing that Hillary does is talk about, a lot about seasons. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's seasons when you really want to dive into conference talks and, and times when it's not. And so I love that it's like for that full six months, yep. you know, uh, come and go heavy light, you know, yep. as you need. So yep. Anyways, watch for that newsletter. It'll come out. Um, well, we don't even know when you're going to watch this. So just that we'll have a conference. With before all conference. The, it yeah. will come out before Yeah, with all the links of all these yeah. things that you want. Okay, okay. and we're awesome. setting these down. And we're going to move out of the way. And we're going to talk about Instagram really quick. We're going to talk about Instagram real quick, and then we're going to move out of the way. Um, okay, uh, a lot of you have seen we have that in, uh, new Instagram account. Um, don't it's just a home base this. for us. Right. Um, so if you have questions, if you're wondering which video we're on, if you want to know what is happening, we kind of created a home base gathering place where you can just come. If you need to ask questions, we both try and get on it. I get on it more than you do. He will be better at getting on it. Um, Listen, I've been so busy. And we will. <laughs> She's been doing nothing. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, I just did a wedding. Um, I came. <laughs> so um, we, on the Instagram, here is what we thought about doing, but we want to hear from you. We want to know what do you need on Instagram because we, we need it to be your place and, and where you can ask questions and get to um, the things that you need to get to. So we're going to put on our stories uh, a spot where you can respond. And the Instagram account, if you haven't seen it yet, is don't miss this study. Mm -hmm. um, on Instagram. And we're going to tell you... The video that's posting on that Monday so you can know where we're at. Um, we also think it is so awesome to memorize one scripture a week um, at whatever level you want to memorize. If you just want to memorize the words, if you want the words in the verse, if it's just something you want to hang in your house and think about for that whole week, it just brings the scriptures into our conversations and our family. So on Tuesdays, we put up a really little verse that is a verse we love, like one of our top favorite verses. Um, that's on Tuesdays. Then we love to put up just kind of our thoughts, one of our favorite thoughts. And then on Sunday, we're giving you a discussion question, prompt, um, something you can talk about in your families or something you can just think about all day long as you're going through it. Um, that's kind of the pattern. 
we think that's maybe what you want from us but if you have better ideas we are going to put something up in the stories and we want you to just write in would you please do this and we will do it within what? reason <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> To retranslate the Bible. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, okay, so should we do Ephesians, everybody? Yeah. Let's let you look at the board. Move over and look at the board so you can use all the things. And I'll make sure is that on? all good. is on okay. and everything's working. We're not lagging or anything. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, okay, we're starting. i got to get my scriptures. We're starting the book of Ephesians. Um, there is a city, and it's in modern-day Turkey today. It was called Ephesus. For a long time, it was actually kind of the Salt Lake City of the church. It was the headquarters of, of the church for a, lo a lot of years. It was also a really busy like epicenter for religion um, in Ephesus. So you would find temples to all of the Greek and Roman gods. It was a very worshipful city. So religion was at the forefront. Paul goes there in Acts 19. Is that right? Is that where he goes? I think I wrote it on here. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And yeah. he lives there for two years and sets up this church and people from all these different backgrounds and faiths come together and, and join this community of Christians in Ephesus, which would be such a rad branch of the church to visit, I think, just because they have all these different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so now this is afterwards. He's actually writing this from prison. So you get a couple of hints of that from this letter. Maybe in Rome. That's what a lot of scholars think that he's in Rome and he's writing to them. Um, from jail. They're obviously worried about them. And his story that he tells kind of has two parts to it that are really neat in this in this letter. And the first part of it is this is the gospel story. This is the story of Jesus. And then the second half is now because of that story, this is your new story. So it's kind of divided between mm -hmm. those, you know, those two things. So but we're going to start with that right at the very, very beginning. He starts, it's um, a poem. It's a song and a prayer in these first couple of chapters, you know, from, from prison. And uh, he starts mentioning the work of Jesus and what that means for everybody. And there's a couple verses that we love. Uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says, you know, uh, the Father, because of Jesus, has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And I love that he puts that as our identity, that you are in Christ. There's a lot of relationships that people have in the world where they kind of wonder like, hey, where do I stand? stand. You know, mm -hmm. where do I stand with this person? Um, a lot of DTRs going on with people, you know, you dating and stuff. You teaches institute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, or even like ones that like are, you know, um, I heard this story just a couple of weeks ago of a, of, a, of a guy who said goodbye to his father and his father wasn't very good about expressing his love and and he told me, I heard my father tell me he loved me for the very first time just mm -hmm. on his deathbed. And he just talked about my whole life I wondered, you know, what my standing was with him. And that might happen with some of our relationships. Some people live their whole lives in wonder. But with God, with, with Jesus, you don't ever have to wonder. And Paul wants you to know. Like he's like, if you are someone who questions where you stand with God, then Ephesians is your book. This is your book. Right. And he's going to spell it out for us that what that kind of a relationship with Christ looks like. And I love that what he tells us in that verse is, um, you are going to have all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places because of Christ. Because right. that's how much Christ loves you. And who loves that thought about all, right? A hundred percent. Everything he can give you, um, that's the way he looks at us. That's the way he views us. That's what he wants for us. And he's willing and able to do that. And, and there's so many neat things in here. Like look in verse 4, for example, where he said, We've been chosen mm -hmm. in him before the foundation of the world. Right? Before you were even, uh, before you breathed your first breath, you were already chosen in him. Mm -hmm. Which means you didn't earn your way into this status. And that means you can't mistake your way out of that status. You know, verse 6, you are in his grace. You are accepted in the beloved, right? Because of his work uh, on the cross and in, in Gethsemane. That's why you're, you're loved and accepted. You're in, you're, uh, mm -hmm. that's, there's something really, that's the good news that yeah. he wants. That's the good news With story Christ, he tells. You are already enough. I love that, um, that thought just enough because you're already accepted by Christ wherever you are. And, and if you don't remember that, then turn to the New Testament, the first four, um, books, the Gospels, and you watch how many people's stories 
he entered into that maybe if you sat around in a circle of people who were churchgoers would say, yeah, she wouldn't qualify, he wouldn't qualify, she wouldn't qualify. And, and Jesus isn't looking for qualifiers. He is looking for all of us, for every one of us. He's just going to come into our stories. He is going to bring love bursting out of his heart, and he's he wants to be with us. Yeah, and we love the way Paul describes that in actually chapter 3 toward the end. So if you go oh, to the end of, of chapter 3, parts of Ephesians for it kind sure. of reminds you of uh, the end of Romans 8. Remember, where he's mm-hmm. like, nothing can separate us from yes. the love of God. It gives you that kind of vibe again, and it's so neat, starting in, in 17. Look at some of these words again, right? Yeah, and and start in 16 because I love it. He talks about he's going to grant you this according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, which I love that, that he is going to strengthen all of us with might um, inside of us in those places where maybe you do feel empty, where you feel like you're not enough, where you question your identity. Here comes the answer. He's Paul's going to spell it out for us. If you want to know how much Jesus loves you, let me try and tell you right now um, how much in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory and we love the thought of that that paul's like let me try and explain to you the height and the depth and the breadth and the width like let me try and tell you about the love of christ let me let me try and explain to you that it like it's exceeding abundant above all that you could even ask or think how many times have you spent time on your knees asking or thinking, does, does God know who I am? Does he know where I am? Is he aware of what's happening in my life? And Paul's saying, you can't even begin to understand the love. That's why I was thinking, um, just this past week, President Nelson gave a devotional at BYU. And one of the phrases that he used was that God loves you with a perfect love. Mm. And Elder Ballard actually came to UVU on um, Friday, two days when we're filming this, yesterday when we're filming this. And he said, uh, he made this comment to the students here. He's like, I, he was like, I don't, I haven't even figured out what that phrase means yet. Hmm. What does it mean in the, that phrase that he loves with a perfect love? And and that's the same message yeah. that Paul's giving. He's like, the the thing is, is you can't even you can't even start to understand. There's nothing in our mortal experience um, that could teach us what that love actually looks like. Like and it's just out of the sphere. Maybe you're someone who's saying, well, that might be true for them, but I've never experienced that in my life before. Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, if he if he really loved me and he's able to bless me above all I, I could ask or think, then why, why am I still in the place where I am? Why is my situation still look the way that it does? And maybe you're asking, how do I see that love of Christ in my life where I am right now. And I had a really unique experience about this where this scripture just came alive for me. It happened several years ago. I was in Mexico with my daughter. We were building an orphanage. We talk a lot about that because that was a life-changing experience for us. And we had an opportunity to go to the beach. I can't remember if we've shared this story here or not. If you've heard it before, um, then just lean back and and enjoy this story again because it is one of the most profound moments of my life Um, we had an afternoon at the beach it was april it was kind of cold so we had sweatshirts on but it was the sun was shining so we had four hours to just be there i love the beach i spent a little bit of time growing up on the beach and so i'm one of those people that when i get to the beach i have certain like rituals i i have a rule about not wearing shoes in the sand I have to go say hello to the ocean. Everyone has that rule. Oh, I hope so. But yeah. sometimes I have to talk people into taking their shoes off when we get there. I'm like, what? Sorry, you can't, you can't be my friend. Shoes on you the beach. You can't be my friend. You just got it right when you, your Jesus feet touch Jesus loves the even sand. you. You've got to get your shoes off. you got to walk down. You've got to say hello to the water. You just have to. That is what happens. And one of my favorite things to do when I am at the beach is just walk right along the shoreline and pray. And so that's what I did on this day. 
And um, it was the prayer, and I'm sure you have a prayer like this. Do you know the prayer that is your ongoing conversation with God? Like some of those things you've been talking about for days and weeks and months, and, and if you're like me, years. So you've been talking about these same things. Um, those are the prayers that I don't even begin with, dear Heavenly Father. I just pick up where we left off yesterday because we've been talking about this for a long time, and I'm listing all these things that we've been talking about. And on this particular day, I had a lot of time, so I was taking my time, and we were going step by step through all of the things, and I was kind of spelling out where we were in case he forgot, and also letting him know that I think this might work in this situation. Should we like think about this resolution here? I was giving ideas, like I was trying to be helpful, and um, I would I would pause in between each of the prayers, uh, the requests, just to make sure he was getting it all. And um, we had a lot going on in our life at that time, a lot of really, really hard things. So I wasn't just praying for one thing. It was a lot of really heavy things, some that were more recent, some that we'd been praying about for years. And I just was thinking about every single one. And in one of those pauses, the Spirit just whispered to me, what do you need God to be? And I can remember thinking, okay, that is so weird. Like, I have never thought of that before. What I wanted the Spirit to say was, what do you need God to do? Because then I was going to be like, oh, actually, thank you for asking because I have a whole list. Like, I've already <laughs> thought of exactly what I want God to do in all of these situations. But I had never in my life considered what you need God to be, ever. So I thought about where we were in our life, and I was like, well, the thing is, is I'm not just asking for one thing. We don't just have one problem. So I'm asking for a lot of things. And I realized I was, I was going to need God to be abundant in our life. That, that there were several things we needed help with, which was going to require him to be abundant. And as I thought about the problems, I thought um, they are big. I mean, some have been going on for years that we're struggling against. And I would need God to be bigger than those problems, greater than those problems. And also, I have been working at this orphanage and I had been in Mexico and my eyes had been opened to, to see really how blessed we actually are. And there was a part of me that was like, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to ask for more because coming to Mexico I had realized how blessed we really were in our circumstance, especially after being to the dump. And so I, I just, in my mind, I was like, I realize I'm asking you to be generous with us, that as you look at us, the things I'm asking for are totally different than the things Javier would be asking for. And and I processed through that a little bit. And then I just, as I was thinking through it, I was like, is it too much to ask God for those three things? And I just felt this overwhelming peace. So I said the shortest prayer I have said in years about all of that list of problems that I carried on my heart, which was, Heavenly Father, would you be great and abundant and generous in our life? And then I close that prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I felt so much peace mm. in that moment, just peace. And I kept walking. And as I was walking, the spirit whispered one more time. And it said, you need to remember this conversation. And I thought to myself, the spirit knows me so well, because honestly, what is going to happen is I'm going to go home from Mexico. I'm going to go back into my life in two weeks. I'm going to forget. I even came to Mexico or that I was <laughs> on the beach or that we even had this situation. So I thought, this is what I'm going to do. It was low tide. There were seashells everywhere. I thought, I'll just get a seashell and I'll keep it. I'll put it in my windowsill. And every time I see it, when I'm doing the dishes, I will remember. And so I started looking. And as I was walking, I was like, oh, my favorite seashell in the world is a sand dollar. And the conditions were exactly right. And I thought, is it too much to ask? So I just said a little prayer. Could you just help me find a sand dollar to mark this conversation? And I walked out into the ocean up to my knees because that's the best place to find sand dollars. And as I was walking, after about 10 minutes, I just I could see the little curve poking out of the sand. If you've ever searched for sand dollars, you know immediately. And I scooped down under and pulled it up. And it was the most awesome sand dollar. I actually brought it home. I rarely take this anywhere. Um, because I don't ever want it to get broken because this is a moment I never want to forget. But since we're in my basement, I, it feels safe to just <laughs> bring it down. Um, but this is the sand dollar right here. And it's kind of a big sand dollar if you've ever been sand dollar hunting before. Um, I picked it up and I held it and I thought, this will be perfect. I will put this in my kitchen window. 
and I will look at it every day and I will remember um, to ask God to be great and abundant and generous in our life. And then we still had time at the beach. So I thought, well, I'll just keep um, gathering. And so over the next couple hours, I just gathered and I filled up my arm and my flip-flops and everything. And then they told us it was time to go. And we got back in the car and we went back and that night we packed to go home. And I had brought all these sand dollars that I had collected at the beach with me home. Because in our family, we have a sand dollar hunting competition. It is ongoing. It started when Greg and I got married. And um, for all of our years, and even my kids have learned to be really good at, at scavenging for sand dollars. And I think I won. That's what I was thinking in my head. So I was going to take them all home so I could prove to Greg. I had laid out a towel. I was putting them all in careful, rolling up the towel as I went because they are so fragile. I was going to carry it home on the airplane like this in my arms so nothing broke. And as I got to the very last sand dollar, I was rolling it up. The spirit just whispered one more time. And it said, remember, you asked for one. And I thought to myself, oh, that is true. I... I asked for one sand dollar to mark that conversation and I unrolled the whole towel and I started counting. And as I counted, I um, realized that I had gotten 75 sand dollars that day in those two hours, 75 sand dollars all by myself. And um, I thought to myself, you know, God had not fixed what was wrong in our life. He hadn't. Um, he, he hadn't taken away the burdens. He hadn't taken away any of the hard things. The answers had not come on the beach that day. But God had shown me he could be abundant and generous in my life. Clearly, he had shown me that he could be abundant and generous. And I brought all of these home and I put them in my windowsill. They're, they're just right in my kitchen. And I look at them every day because I want the reminder that just because Life isn't going the way I want it to go just because the answers aren't coming in the way I think they should come doesn't mean that God is not watching over my life and working in my life. And sometimes what he has in mind is, is better than what we could ask for. And we have to trust his timing and we have to trust his heart working in our life. And the interesting thing for me is when I got home from that trip, Several of those things that I've been praying for got worse, like way worse. Things, things didn't get better for us. They got worse. And there were a lot of times I looked at these sand dollars and thought to myself, does the Lord know who I am? Does he remember me? Does he remember that I need him to be abundant and generous in my life and great? And then I would go stand at the sand dollars and I would think to myself on this day, he spoke to me. I, I saw a witness of his love on this day. And then I just lean into trust and trust that he will. And maybe that's where you are. Um, maybe you wonder if the Lord knows who you are and where you are right now. And what I want to bear testimony to you is this. We cannot comprehend the height or depth or width or breadth of the love of Christ for us. We cannot comprehend it. And we can't even begin to imagine what he has in mind for us, exceeding abundantly, above all that we could think to ask for. And if you're in a hard moment right now, you just hold on and trust in him and trust in that love and ask for him to make it manifest to you in your life and then trust that he will. Yeah. Ooh, amen. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I love that story so much. And I love that he ends that whole thing by saying this phrase, worlds without end. Hmm. Right? Where he's just like, it just, no, like, you, it, there's no exceptions to mm -hmm. that. Like, and, that. And you is may not see gonna, it right here, right. but he sees all the worlds and all the time and no ending. And that love is going to be made manifest in your life. It just is. Yeah. Maybe in surprising ways. Mm -hmm. Right? Because he says, if you can't understand it, it means you might not be able to quite pinpoint it yet, mm -hmm. but just hold on your way. And it's interesting that like Paul's writing this from jail. Mm -hmm. He's writing this from like, he is in jail because of the ministry. Mm -hmm. And that was a perfect place for him to say like, well, obviously this isn't the right work. And obviously God is not involved because I'm in jail. And for him to bear such a witness and such a conviction in a place where anyone else would think God had abandoned him, mm -hmm. I think gives further like 
like strength and like validity yeah. to yeah. that to so you know good. to that testimony. It's so good. Um, you just love this part. You love it. If you have not marked this previously in your scriptures, just take just, a little minute and go mark it now because it's so such a good reminder. And memorize it and love and it memorize forever. It and love it. <laughs> um, we love that as he's telling us about this love of Christ, about being accepted and enough in Christ, that knowing where you stand with Christ. He also gives us one more um, call to action. It's in Ephesians two. 10. And we love this verse um, in the King James, but we love it extra more in the <laughs> NIV. And so we wrote the NIV translation for you here. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And we love that once you know who you are, that your identity is in Christ, you realize how much Christ loves you then it gives us the ability to actually love others the way Christ would love us because we know that love. We've, we've tasted of that love. And we love this thought that um, when it reminds us which God, that good works God has prepared in advance for us to do, that, that there's already things ahead of you. There are good things that he knows um, you want to be a part of. And I love to think to myself when he looks down at each of us, and he sees the person who is struggling, and as he looks at them, then he thinks, who could, who could help this person right now? And then he looks over and what he's prepared for us to do in that situation, and, and he says, I'll, I'll call her. I'll prompt um, him to go. I'll, mm. I'll work with who I have to be, help us to be able to recognize what his love looks like, what, what it is. And what's so neat about that is, so good works, the context of that is not, you know, obedience necessarily, but it's obedience to the call to, you know, love. to minister and to love, right? So good works is acts of, of love and he's prepared those in advance for us. I was just looking again because it's kind of where we are in our study in that in Second Corinthians where he called us God's love letter mm -hmm. to the world. He's like, yeah. you can be a manifestation. There are people who will question and wonder how and where do I stand with God? And it's like, you can be an answer, you know, to that question that they have, mm -hmm. that you're his, you're his image bearer, yeah. right from the very beginning of Genesis, go be mm -hmm. who God would be in the world. And he has already prepared those opportunities for us. Yeah. In advance. And we love that he takes chapters one, two, and three, the beginning of this letter to say, let me remind you who you are. Let me remind you who loves you. Let me remind you um, what he's done for you. And then chapter four is so awesome because there's a word there that lets us know there is going to be a shift in the letter. And it's therefore, because of all of this, now that I've reminded you that you know, then it's almost like he wants us to ask now, therefore, what? Um, what should we do if this is true? If, if Christ knows us, if he loves us, if he's called us, then what should we be doing? Right. And that first verse is like he says, live in a way that's fitting for that calling with which you are called. Right. And so, so if that's the story and, and you are God's image bearer in the world and he's got all these things prepared in advance, let me teach you how to live in a way that you could take advantage of being his image mm -hmm. bearer. We have on the study guide sheet, we won't spend too much time on it. This concept over a couple of chapters, he goes back and forth. And so he says, so I want you to put off this, like uh, he uses kind of the analogy of just clothes, right? He says, take off these clothes and put on these clothes, right? He says, so take off the old man and now put on the new man. And we put several that are, that are throughout those chapters and you might find even more. Um, some examples of those, you're like, okay, so, so put off lying, like take off the lying suit and now put on the truth-telling suit, you know, and, and take off the evil. Oh, we love this one. Let's just do this one yeah, for sure. we love this one so At much. At the end of four, he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Like, get rid of all those. And then he says, And put on being kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We love that he keeps coming back to that first part of it. He's like, what's going to give you the, the strength and motivation to be tenderhearted? Well, remember how kind and forgiving, abundant mm -hmm. and great and tenderhearted God's been to you first. Mm -hmm. And now put on that love. Be rooted and grounded in that. And then 
the fruits of that love are going to start coming out of you. So yeah. there's just a lot of really neat things that are there. And following that same theme, there is this maybe one of those famous parts of the book of Ephesians. And you love this part even more when you realize that he's doing this leading up to it. He's like, okay, let, me, off this, let me start. You're going to put, put off this. this. You're going to put on this. You're going to put off this and put on this. And you know where we're going. If you know Ephesians, you know exactly where this is going because we are going to get to, in verse um, 10 of chapter 6, he says, finally, okay, everything I've told you, of everything that, that you should be working on, finally, um, brethren, um, let me tell you this, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then here is, here's our favorite one, put on the whole armor of God. And now he's going to walk us through what that's going to look like. Right. And we love that right from the very beginning, that verse, verse 11, where he says, put on the whole armor, not just part of it, but put mm -hmm. on the whole armor of God. Why? Because verse 12, well, starting at 11, that you can withstand the wiles of the devil. <laughs> Is that why wily coyotes called that? Yeah. Um, but 12, he says, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And he's like, right from the get-go, he's like, I got to let you know, remind you, there really are two forces at play in this mm -hmm. world. It's well, not... And and an I think analogy. it's important it's when like, he's like, when I'm talking about the armor of God, don't let your mind go to the place where your mind wants to go to. And um, a really good, and Alvin Tanner talked about um, this, and it might be worth talking about this with your kids, that as you think about it, when the battle came between David and Goliath, and you want to ask which one had on armor, um, you're going to read through the description of Goliath. And David comes out with nothing on except for well, the armor, well, yeah, no armor, right. yeah. except for the armor of God. If you want to look what the armor of God looks like, it actually looks more like David in that moment than it does Goliath. And sometimes we forget that. I think sometimes we look at our um, life and we think in the last days, there's going to be this big war. There's going to be this. And we picture what it's going to be. And we have in our mind formulated what that's going to look like. And Paul wants to tell us, listen, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood here. You Don't think of the armor you would need if this was a flesh and blood war. Because it's not. It's a war that started clear back in the pre-existence. That is the war. That Same is the war, war but that we're a new, fighting. new battleground. It's just shifted yep. places. And, and he describes it to us. It's principalities. It's powers. It's against rulers of darkness. Let me tell you what kind of armor you are going to need to withstand that right and and that becomes really important as we start looking through because it's less about a sword and a shield and far more about what that sword and that shield really is if, if I asked you tell me about all the pieces of armor you would go through so fast you would know exactly helmet sword shield breastplate feet shod right how many could go through and list well, what is the helmet? Like, how fast does that come to mind? Do you know what the sword represents? Do you know what the shield is? Do you remember what the breastplate is? Do you know what your loins are girded about with? Like, those are the six words that should come right. to mind immediately. And um, and yet, for some reason, we're so focused on the flesh and blood armor right. instead Put of the spiritual armor. So something you might love to do with this is to look at it in, make sure you're looking at it in that symbolic way. And Paul, if you know that, if you start with 12, where he's just like, this is a spiritual battle. So I want you to think spiritually. Then uh, he kind of starts to give you clues and he starts to give you hints and mm -hmm. how to put it on. For example, he says, um, let's just look at a couple of them. Um, maybe, yeah. The first one he mentions in this one is stand there for having your loins girt about with truth. Now, they, uh, uh, the real life armor used to be like you have a metal thing around your loins or knees all the way up to your waist mm -hmm. and a metal belt that would be around there that would protect, you know, that area, some of your big arteries in there. And Paul would say, no, 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 no. Think spiritually and obviously like symbolically and spiritually what's being protected there is chastity. Right. And he says, OK, so how do you protect chastity? And he says, look with truth. That is how you protect chastity. Because if you knew the truth about the powers of procreation, if you knew the truth about our purpose on the earth and what we're doing, then you wouldn't go 
participate in unchaste things. You wouldn't pay $10 to go watch it on a movie screen if you knew the truth. And so he says, learn the truth about those. Or we were talking the other day about the helmet. Now helmets normally protect heads. You know, but he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to protect your head. I mean, I do. I don't want your head to fall off. Okay. But what does a head symbolically represent? It represents your thoughts, right? So he says, in this battle, you've got to protect your thoughts. And, and your thoughts have to be focused on future. Um, it's your, it's everything that has to do with salvation and your salvation Because that's what he says. Make yeah. sure we point that out. He says, yeah. take the helmet of salvation. salvation. So how do I protect thoughts? And your salvation is assured salvation. because of Jesus. Yeah, right? I, I love thinking... It's thoughts of Christ that is going to be... That sh is what should fill your mind. Right, because if you were to say, picture what salvation looks like, you know, you might picture like harps and clouds yeah. and like all this <laughs> stuff. And he's like, no, 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 no. Paul might say, picture salvation himself. Mm -hmm. Right? And if your mind and thoughts are filled with images of him and his love... Um, then what will they not be filled with, mm -hmm. you know, yep. is, and the, I love, is the beauty um, As we think about the um, sword and the shield, what you're holding in your hands, those are, um, one is offense, one is defense, right? He's, you got to be prepared to be proactive, but you've also got to be prepared to defend. And I love what he chooses for each of those things. What is the thing that is going to defend us? And what is the thing that we lead with that is going to allow us to um, push forward? And it is interesting as you consider the two things he tells us. What does that mean if it's used offensively? And what does that mean if it's used defensively as we look at this? Because the sword is the spirit. Just so interesting. This, this is your what you are going to lead with is the spirit every time. And which the, is cool because which is the word of God. Like yeah. what the spirit says to you is what God would say to you. It's the words he's planting and in you to gonna say. And he's going to lead you forward everywhere you go. And the shield is faith, right? It's the remembering everything that you are going to hold on to. It's setting aside doubt. And, and you are going to protect yourself with faith. With trust. Yep. Right? With unyielding. And, and I can't help but think about, like, in your own experience that you mm -hmm. shared earlier, that just you are hold. There's a reminder on your kitchen counter of... I can trust God, mm -hmm. you know, I can trust him. And so when doubts come, when problems get worse, you go back to that trust. And that is what was defending you against. It says the fiery darts of the adversary. Those are, those are darts of doubt in yeah. who God is. That's what he's been doing from the very beginning is trying to attack your identity. And he tries to attack God's identity. And, and these things are going to protect mm -hmm. us against that trust in who he really is. And I think it's important. Sometimes we start and end really short in this Ephesians 6. And you want to keep going because he's going to tell you, don't just don't just take this armor. But you need to be praying always. That's, this is 18. That's part of Verse it. 18. In 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching. So there is, do you remember when he says to the apostles, watch and pray, right? He says it to us over and over again. This is what is going to keep you safe. Praying always, watching, and I love this, how he tells us to watch is with all perseverance and supplication, right? It's not going to be easy, the battle isn't. It's something we're going to have to persevere through, and that supplication for me is just that pleading of please keep me safe in what is in this battle, in what is happening, and, and for me and those of you who are moms, it's also keep my kids safe, like let them strengthen them and keep them against what is coming against them every single day. It's that perseverance and that supplication well, was, becomes so important. And I was going to say, I mean, I love my favorite part is that it ends and supplication for all saints. Mm -hmm. And you just were mentioning that as a mom or as a dad yeah. or as a neighbor, as a sibling, that when you check somebody's physical armor, you know, you're just like, hey, do I, you know, am mm -hmm. I covered? Do I do I look covered and everything? And he says. The way this works is as a community of saints that we that we look out mm. for, each other, for each other and we pray and we watch and see mm. like and in in the right ways you know um, in love love has got to motivate the whole thing that we're just mm -hmm. like look this is you know this is missing there's this President Packer quote that we have that we put on the board and we'll link the talk the whole talk mm -hmm. because it's got so many good lines but he talks about 
this the shield of faith, this armor of God isn't made in a factory. It's it's um, what's the phrase you love about it's it? It's handcrafted and fitted for each individual in the home. I just I love the thought of that. And this year is the year of that. It's yeah, like that's this what we're this doing. like uh, the church set. I mean church supported, home centered. Like mm-hmm. the shield, the armor of God is um, molded and and fit and handcrafted in the walls of our home. And, and for we, each we, individual, right. we love it. Pa- Elder Packer talked about it, and um, Elder Tanner. Packer did, and Elder Tanner both talked about you need to take the time to fit that individually for every member of your family. And we talked earlier about um, you a little bit want to want to look at each of your kids and say, okay, which of these six things do we need to be handcrafting right now? Which needs to be fitted better for them? Is it what they're thinking about? Is it um, their knowledge of truth, is that what needs to be strengthened right now? Is it how they listen to the Spirit? Do they know how to do that? Is their faith strong enough um, to withstand, like for each child, which piece of this armor do they need? And Eldon Tanner said, um, if our armor is weak, there is an unshielded place which can be found, a vulnerable area for attack. And we will be subject to injury or destruction by Satan who will search until he finds our weakness if we have them. And then he gives this call, which I think is so good. Examine your armor. It, think of those six things. Go through each of them individually and ask yourself, is there an unguarded or unprotected place? Determine now to add whatever part is missing. No matter how antiquated or lacking in parts your armor may be, always remember that it is within your power to make the necessary adjustments to complete your armor. And that is true for each of us and that is true for us as parents individually as we look at each of our kids to yeah. be able to do that. And one of the verses that we love to add on is a cross-reference to the armor of God. Yeah, sometimes this is so you, fun. Yeah, you look at it and you're just like, okay, you got the shield yeah. and the sword. I and once got... did this with my kids where we were all, I was like, draw this out. And you might want to do this because this was a powerful lesson for my kids. And they, they still talk about it. Um, draw it out, I told them. Draw your little man and put your pieces on him and... Um, once they got the guy all on there, I, I said to them, okay, who's protecting his back? Like, like what's, what's the piece that is protecting his back? And my son, Josh, was so worried about this. <laughs> like, he looked at his guy, and then and he thought about all the things. That's because you didn't get him jammies. Um, yeah, he's, so he's, he's been still, left out. His life is ruined. <laughs> um, who, who's got his back? And um, I can remember him turning to me and saying to me, Mom, who, what, how is he going to be protected in the back? And it's really fun to link um, to Isaiah. Did you pull it up? Yeah. Isaiah 58, 8 here. This is your, um, Ephesians 6 is missing if Isaiah 58, 8 is not written in there somewhere. He says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine hell shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. And the glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. So he's like, there are promises of light breaking forth, of health springing forth, of righteousness going before you. And the Lord shall be the your rearward. He's the one who is going to be behind you. So sometimes he's got you, your back. He's got your back. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, that's another t-shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes um, we like, we'll talk about like, is, is the, you know, all my kids and you might start having a panic attack thinking like, well, I don't know if I'm protected. I don't know if all the kids are. And it's so important to remember that the savior is watching over come back to what Paul said at the beginning that he loves with this love that is unimaginable that he is watching over. He has your back, the front to the sides. Like all of those pieces are all words that remind you of, of God, right? Um, faith, righteousness, Mm -hmm himself truth truth, salvation spirit like all those things are it's like you're putting on him you're putting on your relationship with him that whole first one two and three chapters one two and three paul's like that's the armor of god to understand those things and your identity in him yeah and rooted and grounded Mm -hmm. in those things that is that is what it is and he's going to guide us through this and protect us and there's room for mistakes and repentance and all of those things it's it's, it's a whole journey. Yeah, so it's don't, a growing process. Right. And, and we have to remember, that's why I love these quotes by N. Eldon Tanner and Boyd K. Packer, that this is an armor that is handcrafted and fitted to each individual within the home. And it, it's a work in process, right? It, we're just continually working on that and 
looking for where are the weak areas and what can we do there? How can we help strengthen that? And as you look at that, as you take the time to think about each of those six pieces and think about what's going well for me and, and where is the lack? Um, and then I think just at the bottom, maybe including that place of here's the things we are praying for as a family, as we think about the armor this week and just going back into that praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching. So he's going to tell you both those things with perseverance and supplication for the saints. So you're, you're praying for that, for perseverance and um, for supplication, that supplication for help. And then I love this in 19 and 20, and that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And I just love the thought of, of that because we talk a lot about what are the weapons you would use in this battle. And you think back to the pre-existence and what were the weapons that were used there? And you start realizing that when a prophet is calling his people and saying to them, you need a bedrock understanding of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And you need to be able to learn how to share that understanding with compassion and with kindness, but also boldly the things that we know. Um, I feel like our prophet today has set us up a situation in our homes every single week where we are talking about Jesus Christ. We are talking about the love of Jesus Christ. We are talk talking about the doctrine of Jesus Christ, we are empowering our families and emboldening them. Is that the word? Yeah, emboldening yeah. them to be able to seriously go forth and do what Paul is saying, to speak boldly because you know Christ loves you because you know that is your identity. Now go out and um, and win this war. Like, yeah. like, let's do this. That's what Paul is saying. And not only be protected yourself, but to fight for and behalf of the whole family of mm -hmm. God. Like we're all, we're doing this. We either all go back together or we shouldn't go back at all. Let's just like <laughs> yes. fight for each yeah. other. And that's what's so beautiful about this, this yeah. whole thing. It's a good one. Ephesians yeah. is a good one. We hope you love it. The whole book. Let us know how it goes for you. We love hearing from you. And then we'll see you... In, in two yeah. weeks or however many weeks it is um, enjoy conference <laughs> we hope you love conference yeah i hope you get chammies this audio was taken from a youtube video from our youtube channel you can find us on youtube at don't miss this also sign up for our newsletter at don't miss this study.com and you can follow us on instagram at emily bell freeman and at mr dave butler thanks for listening bye